0: I was excited when Pastor asked me, and uh, uh, ever since then, I was thinking about the opportunity and uh, what would be fitting, what would be helpful. And uh, to be terribly honest, I I had kind of settled in on on Saturday thinking about um, kind of like some New Year's resolutions sort of thing. And then Sunday morning, Pastor kind of preached about some New Year's resolutions, I thought, okay, we'll uh, file that away for some other day, and uh, went a different route, especially uh, started thinking of this Sunday night. We had our our testimony time, and people began sharing um, experiences from the past year, and there were many blessings, to be sure, Um, but I think we had like three or four testimonies in a row of people raising their hand and saying, God was good, but it was a tough year, And, uh, and through various Issues within the church family, Uh, we saw that happening, and that's just the reality of life. God is good, uh, but there are challenges, there are difficulties. And uh, as we approach the new year, you can't help but wonder what the new year has in store for us, what God has in store for us in the new year. We just don't know. We kind of wonder what, what good things might happen this year, what difficult turns might the year take. Um, you know, it's the same thing um, I go through each year. I know the other teachers do uh, at the beginning of a new school year, right? You think back to previous years and the students you had that were such a, a blessing and encouragement to you, and then the students who <clears throat> you had to encourage... Often, uh, whatever it might be, uh, and you wonder what the next year is going to hold in store for you. You, you just don't know. Uh, now, praise God, we can know uh, that that along with whatever difficulties might come, there will be blessings, there will be joys, and, and we'll have God with us. Um, but that's always something you kind of uh, kind of wonder about. It's easy to get concerned. It's easy to worry what is going to be there. What task is God going to call me to do? Will I be able to meet the task? I, I, just, I just don't know. And I don't know about you, but me personally, you could ask Emily. Um, when I know something's coming up, I don't know exactly what it is. It drives me nuts. If somebody says, for instance, hey, Chris, I'd like to have a meeting with you sometime. Uh, let's do it next week, the whole next week, in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, okay, it could be a good meeting, it could be it's a great blessing time, or they could be really upset about something, uh, we, just, we just don't know, okay, um, so uh, tonight, I thought we would look at a few examples from God's words of, of people, uh, or of groups, who were given big tasks, they knew there were big things ahead of them, um, but they didn't know all the details. They didn't know how it all worked out. Uh, and we're going to look at um, the tasks they were given and how in the world they were supposed to accomplish them and, uh, and see what God did through them. Uh, so as we get started, let's turn to Joshua. Joshua is a, uh, an interesting character in the Bible as, as Moses led the people out of Israel, uh, led them uh, in their 40 years of wilderness wanderings, led them right up to the edge of the promised land, and then God called them home and, and, and Joshua was now supposed to take control. Um, so let's read about, um, well let's think, about, before we read, let me just think for a second, about this task ahead of him. Right, the task Joshua had been given was to lead the Israelites into the Promised Land, and that that brought a whole bunch of problems. First off, just from thinking back on the life of Moses, we see the Israelites weren't the best followers always. I mean, they were kind of like us, right? Um, as Isaiah puts it, uh, each of us have gone astray, have gone our own way, right? Um, uh, obviously, paraphrasing, but they're not really good at always following. As they ought. They want to go their own way. They want to do things their own way. They're very prone to to complaining and and griping when things don't seem to be going well. And this is the group that somehow Joshua is supposed to lead into this new land. If that wasn't hard enough, this new land that he's leading people into is filled with powerful nations. Um, As we look a little bit back in Israel's history, we see just 40 years earlier, they were there. And they were ready. God had brought them out of Egypt, had brought them to the promised land. They were ready to take this land. It was going to be great. But let's just make sure we know what we're doing. We're going to send in 12 spies. and it, well, it's not 12. 12 spies. I don't have that many fingers. We're going to send in 12 spies and get their report. And of course, we all know the story. Um, If you know the song we sing in CC Club, we sing 10 were bad and 2 were good, right? Most of the spies gave this terrible report of, well, yeah, the land is spectacular. It's wonderful, this land that God has promised us, but there's no way we can take it. The enemy is too strong, the cities are too big, the walls are too sturdy. There's no way that we can take this city. And uh, of course, because, or this, this region, I should say. And because of their lack of faith, they had to go wander in the wilderness for 40 years until almost that entire generation died off. And, uh, and now they here are, are back again. And uh, there's no reason to think, as we read the scripture, that these people have gotten any weaker. Um, uh, They're still strong, powerful nations. And he's got to lead these group of people in there. And if that's not enough, you think of who was before him was Moses. You ever have that situation where like, um, maybe it's in school, right? You're supposed to to present a, a project or something. And you're sitting there in your seat waiting your turn. And the kid before you goes, and they go, and they go. And they do so well. And you're like, oh, I'm next. There's no way I can live up to this, this bar, this standard that's been set. I can't do it. Well, imagine how Joshua felt, right? Uh, Moses performed all these miracles in Egypt through God's power to bring them out of Egypt, right? Uh, he led them faithfully through the wilderness for 40 years. He saw the glory of God when he was given the Ten Commandments and delivered them to the people. I mean, he did a fantastic job, right? And Israel is going to look back at him as this, this great hero of the Exodus. And now here comes Joshua. What's he going to do? What a daunting, terrifying task that would be, I would think, uh, to our flesh and to our own, our own thinking. Um, now that brings us to the passage we're going to look at here in Joshua. All right, Joshua chapter one, and uh, we're going to read the first nine verses. The first nine verses, of Joshua chapter one, it says, now after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses minister saying, Moses, my servant is dead. Now therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, thou and all this people, unto the land which I do give to them, even to the children of Israel. Every place the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given unto you, as I said unto Moses, from the wilderness and this Lebanon, even unto the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and going, uh, excuse me, and unto the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your coast." There shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. Be strong and of a good courage, for unto this people shalt thou divide for an inheritance the land which I swear unto their fathers to give them. Only be thou strong and very courageous, that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law, Which Moses my servant commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left, that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day or day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Have I not commanded thee, be strong and of a good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed. For the Lord thy God is with thee, whithersoever thou goest. God here gives Joshua two promises, if we were to boil it down. Two promises. One conditional, one unconditional. Let's look at the unconditional one first. The unconditional one was God promised Joshua, you're going to have success. I'm going to be with you. Be courageous. Don't be afraid. I told you I'm going to give you this land. I'm going to give you this land. Be courageous. Go and claim it. There is no no condition here. This is God fulfilling his promise to Israel. He says, I'm going to do it. Okay? And and what a blessing that is as we face challenges that sometimes we have those absolute promises. Um, But Joshua is also given this, um, I guess we could say, conditional promise. Um, One thing that God promises to do for him in response to a certain action by by Joshua, excuse me. And uh, that's there in verse 8. And to paraphrase it, to summarize it, if he would meditate on God's word, if he would speak of God's word, if he would live out God's word, he promised to grant him success. Things were going to go well for him in this huge task, um, which would have seemed insurmountable, I would think, from any, uh, any human reasoning. Um, now, this promise wasn't made directly to us. This was made directly to Joshua. But it's a general principle that applies to us as well. For instance, if you go to Psalm chapter 1, for the sake of time, I won't turn there right now. But in Psalm chapter 1, God promises uh, that, that if we are um, faithful to Him, if we're in His Word, if we're studying His Word and living for Him, we'll be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, uh, that's bringing forth fruit. Um, He gives us that same type of promise. It doesn't mean there will be no difficulties, um, but it does mean that God will grant us success through them and uh, and what encouragement that can be. And as we look at the life of Joseph, we see God God followed through on it, right? Um, The very first big task we were just looking at in the deacons meeting the other night very first big task that, that Joshua had was actually to get his people into the land and across the Jordan River. And God did that in a miraculous way and parted the water so the Israelites could go across uh, the Jordan River. Once they get across the Jordan River, they run into this little little village. Of, of Jericho. <laughs> Perhaps you've heard of it. And, uh, and simply by marching around it uh, those seven days and, and blowing their horns when it was all said and done and shouting, uh, God brought the walls down. And uh, there's no earthly explanation for that. Uh, that's God uh, fulfilling his promise, doing what he said he would do when Joshua had this huge task uh, in front of him. Um, so uh, there's one example, uh, a huge task. He didn't know exactly what details would be, but as he studied God's word, trusted God, and followed God, God fulfilled his promises. God, God gave him the success um, he needed. Now the second example I wanted to look at um, is a little bit different because it's not quite done yet. Um, open your Bibles to Acts. When I say quite, I, maybe I shouldn't even use the word quite. It's not done yet. Uh, Acts chapter 1. It's a work in progress. Acts chapter 1. Um, As we see uh, the great commission here that God gives to his disciples. Acts chapter 1, verses 7 through 9. He said unto them, this is Jesus speaking here. And he said unto them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power, but ye shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. What a job! You're going to tell the whole world about me. That's a huge task. That sounds like a huge task to me today. And uh, like we have the internet and Facebook and Skype and cell phones. and They didn't have any of that. How are they supposed to physically... Get the message all around the world. This is an unbelievably large task. And if, if that wasn't a hard enough thought, um, think about who was giving them this charge. This was Jesus. And we'll talk about the encouragement that brought in a little bit. But what had just happened to Jesus just a little bit earlier? He was crucified for his message. And now Jesus is telling his disciples, the message I was just killed for, I want you to go tell everyone. Everyone. And they must have, for a moment in their flesh, thought, oh man, that's, I don't know how that's going to work out, Jesus. Um, I don't know how it's going to work out. I don't know how we can do it. Um, and, and if we do try, who knows what sort of bad things would happen to us. Uh, even Jesus himself warned them that the world would, would, would hate them if they were uh, faithful to him and like him. Um, so, so what were they supposed to do? How are they supposed to feel like this is even possible? Um, well, for that, go to Matthew, another uh, account of the Great Commission here. From, uh, from Matthew's perspective, as, as the Holy Spirit inspired him to write, Matthew chapter 28. Matthew 28, verses 16 through 20. Uh, then the eleven disciples went away into Galilee, into a mountain where Jesus had appointed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye, therefore, and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. What an awesome encouragement that last part must have been. He's given this huge task. There's no way we can do this. And Jesus says, I'm with you. You can do this. I'm with you always, no matter what. And, and remember, when, when they heard Jesus see this, say this, excuse me, I'm sure they remembered visions of, of Jesus feeding thousands with just a little bit of food. Of Jesus saying, this one always floors me when I think about this miracle, of Jesus standing up on a rocking boat and saying, peace, be still, and it stopped. It didn't just stop raining, like the waves stopped. And that doesn't happen. Um, that shouldn't, we can't explain that. Um, So as Jesus said, I am with you, I'm sure that brought them uh, great uh, encouragement. And as I said, this task isn't done today um, by any means, Um, but it's amazing to think about what God has done. I found a video, I'm going to ask Daniel to play it here in a second, I found a video um, that I thought was really encouraging. It shows um, a graphic uh, uh, showing the gospel expanding over the earth and and kind of a timeline of how that's happened. And obviously, when you see a part that's shaded in white, I believe it is, which is supposed to represent the gospel, it obviously doesn't mean everyone in that region is saved. It just means the gospel has impact there. And uh, I thought it was really neat to see uh, kind of an overview timeline of the last couple thousand years, uh, how God has spread the gospel. So Daniel, if you'd start that for us. So I thought it was interesting, and uh, obviously it doesn't show details, and obviously we still have a lot of work to do, even though there's a lot of white uh, on that screen. Um, but I just wanted to show it just to show the success that God has given in the task that was so monumental, and uh, we can trust Him to also finish the job. And, uh, you know, we could, we could spend all night looking at examples. I had written in here, David and Goliath, and, and uh, David trusting God with that uh, impossible Task. Um, Daniel's faithfulness in the exile, and we could work our way through Hebrews 11 and see examples over and over again of, of people trusting God uh, with a difficult task. But all of these examples uh, have something in common, the ones that we studied in detail, anyways. Um, the thing we have in common is, is God promising to be with his people and enabling them to accomplish this task as difficult as it might seem. And uh, the temptation, of course, is to think, well, that's great, but that was a couple thousand years ago. What about today? And uh, praise God, we have the same God today. Uh, James chapter 1, verses 16 and 17. You don't need to turn there. You're welcome to. James chapter one, sixteen and 17 uh, is where uh, where we, we read... Uh, In verse 17, that uh, uh, with God, with the Father of lights, as he's described as here, there is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. He doesn't change. Uh, 2,000 years ago, uh, he was the exact same God he was today. The power he had to give to to, uh, Joshua, to give to his disciples, uh, he has that same power today. Um, You know, another verse along the same lines is found in Romans, and uh, I always think this is just such a neat thought. Romans chapter eight, such a encouraging verse. Uh, verses verses thirty one and thirty two. Uh, what shall we say? What? Sh- excuse me. What shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Uh, what an awesome thought! In verse thirty one, if God's on our side, who cares who's on the other side? Who can be against us? We have, we have nothing to fear, nothing to worry about as we have the God of Joshua, the disciples, and all eternity uh, on our side. So as we enter the new year, I can all but guarantee that everyone in this room will receive some great blessings and that everyone in this room will probably experience some sort of challenges, some sort of difficulties. We don't know exactly what's in store for us, uh, but praise God, we know that He is good. He is faithful. And uh, as we spend time in his word, as he instructed Joshua to do, as we, as we study it, as we live it out, uh, we can trust his blessing in our lives uh, going forward. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your word. And we thank you for your promises, uh, Lord, that uh, we can trust in them, even though we don't know what tomorrow brings, uh, that we know that the God of eternity is faithful and true and uh, is for us. And uh, Lord, we thank you for that encouragement and that confidence that we can have. And uh, Lord, as we face the new year with whatever uh, blessings and thrills and challenges and difficulties it may hold, uh, may we live faithfully for you uh, throughout it all, Lord. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.